Thank you for joining us. I hope today's message builds your faith and inspires you to change the way you think. Happy Mother's Day to all of you wonderful moms out there. Today's message is all about how to honor our mothers. Pastor Duane gives us some easy steps to take to show your mother and your father that you love, you respect, and honor them. Let's jump into honoring with a promise. Mothers, we are excited for you today. We want to celebrate you. We should celebrate you every day, but it's just great that we actually take a day and do it. How many would agree with that? Right. Now, uh, I remember growing up, uh, we went to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and on Sunday morning, they would read the Ten Commandments at church. Uh, how many of you remember the Ten Commandments? How many of you could name five of them? A few. That's good. Very good. All right. Now, the Ten Commandments are divided in two sections. The first four have to do with your relationship with God. Right? Don't have any other gods before me. Don't make any graven images. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. And then the Sabbath unto the Lord. But then there's six that have to do with our relationship with each other. Six that are horizontal. The first four are vertical, your relationship with God. But the next six are horizontal. And the first one of those six, commandment number five, is honor your father and your mother. Now, now think about that. It, it makes it in the Big Ten. And when it, when it comes to our relationship with humanity, the first commandment that God gives is to honor your father and your mother. And by the way, it's repeated again in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Right? I want to just say that honoring your mother is important to God. First commandment that has to do with our relationship with other people. And notice it says it's the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long. Because, listen kids, if you don't honor us, you might die. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> we've, been, we've been tempted. All right. <laughs> It may go well. With, everybody wants it to go well with them, don't you? In fact, but God is saying he's going to be a, there's going to be a blessing. And he said there's consequences when we don't honor our parents. Right? Now, it's interesting right in this particular passage, and, and I want to just say something here because there are so many blended families. Right? It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The word parent there, Greek scholars say, it, it, it really means the one who cares for you in whose house you live. They may not necessarily be your biological parent, right? But it's the one who's caring for you in whose house you live. Where when it says honor your father and mother, it's talking about your biological, your biological father and mother. And you may say, well, they don't deserve it, right? You don't do it because you, they deserve it. You do it because it's the right thing to do, no matter what they have done, right? So I want to real simply, very, very simple message this morning. I want to talk to you about how to honor 
your mother. All right? Now remember, this is, this is so important that when Jesus is on the cross, right, there, there are seven things that Jesus says on the cross. <laughs> seven. All right? And one of them has to do with honoring your mother. Think about that. From the cross. As he's dying, as he's suffering, as redemption is be taking place, Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by. Now that's John, the disciple. And by the way, it wasn't that Jesus loved John more. It's just that John knew it. Right? And John just could refer to himself. I'm the one that Jesus loves. Jesus loved them all. But John just knew it. Right? And said to his mother, you say, why is that in the Bible? Because John wrote it. <laughs> because John wrote it. That's why it's there. Right? You see, there was like, like, for example, when, when, when uh, the resurrection takes place, the, the, the women go and they come back and they tell the disciples. And the Bible says that Peter and John ran to the place of the resurrection. They ran to the cave. Right? And John writes, and the other disciple himself did outrun Peter. <laughs> He's like, I got it going on. All right. So, so Jesus said to him, he said <laughs> to his mother, he said, behold your son. And he said to this disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Right? Jesus on the cross was honoring his mother and making sure that she would be taken care of. To God, this is a big deal. And John took her, took care of her financial needs, watched over her, protected her. Uh, church history tells us that later John moved to Ephesus, right? And he took Mary, the mother of Jesus, with him, and he provided for her as long as she lived. Jesus is... Uh, really disputing with the Pharisees. And he's talking and he says, for Moses said, honor your father and mother. And whoever reviles father or mother shall surely die. But I say to you, if a man tells his father and mother, whatever would have get, you would have gained from me is korban or a gift to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father and mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition which you've handed down in many such things you do. Right? Jesus is saying, you know, honoring your father and mother is so important. Don't say, well, I'm doing this for God instead of honoring my father and my mother. You know, I was talking with somebody just today, and they were we were talking about our parents getting old. And, and, and he mentioned when his mother got old, he said, uh, I, said, I told my, my, my brothers, there's four of them, he said, I, I, I told them, I'll take three days and you guys each take one day to visit mother. And their response was, well, I'm too busy. I can't do that because I'm doing this and, and I've got this and I do this at church and I do this. Jesus is saying, you need to take care of mother first. You need to take care of your parents first, right? You know, do you realize this? When, when, you were, when you're born... You already owe nine months room and board. <laughs> the moment you're born, you're in debt. All right? From then on, all right? It says in 1 Timothy 5, verse 4, 
But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn how to show pity at home and repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable before God. They fed you, they clothed you, they trained you, they changed your diapers, they cleaned up after you. And the Bible says what we should do is honor them. And literally, it says, like, repay them. He said, that's good and it's acceptable before God. Uh, Proverbs 23, listen to your father who begot you, and don't you despise your mother when she's old. Don't despise your mother when she's old. You know, he's saying, take care of your parents. Take care of them. I, I remember when my mother got old, we, uh, we brought her to our house, and, and she lived with us for, for quite a while. As long as we could, she, she became violent, and uh, we, we had somebody who was helping us, but we, she, she finally got where she needed care 24 hours a day. I remember one time we, we jumped in the car, and we just thought, we'll just run to the store, and uh, we get a phone call. My mother is in the middle of Wilson Avenue with her cane, waving people down and saying, I need to go to the bank. And they said, well, wh wh where do you live? Who, who, who are you with? She says, well, the people in that house. And they said, who are they? She says, I don't know, those people. <laughs> All right. And, and it finally got to the point where we had to put her in a, in a home where she could have 24-hour-a-day supervision. But when that happened, every day that I was in town, every day, I would go and see my mother, just sit down with her for 15, 20 minutes, have a cup of coffee, talk with her, and pray with her. Now, I remember growing up, and, and I, I talked to Pastor L about this. Their family did basically the same thing. But every, every Sunday afternoon, bar none, we went to Grandpa and Grandma's house. Sat down, had a cup of tea, and windmill cookies. <laughs> right? And just check up on Grandma and Grandpa, honor Grandpa and Grandma, right? Uh, my, my mother's family was, uh, well, they lived 115 miles away, but every two or three weeks on Saturday morning, we'd get in the car, we'd drive up and see them, just check up on them, just spend time with them, just on them. I didn't realize that what was happening when I was a kid, but I look back, right, and I see it. And I look today and I see how that is one of the commandments that is literally, it seems like people have forgotten, right? But we're supposed to honor them. We're supposed to care for them. Right? Now, share your life with them. Share your life. You say, well, they're, they're, they're older. Yeah, but when you're going to do something, invite them along. Right? There's a story in the Bible. There's a, there's a book of the Bible named Ruth. It's just a little, little book, four small chapters. You can read it in 10 minutes. But it's a story about a lady named Naomi who loses her husband and her two sons. And her daughter-in-law sticks with her. And they've been in the land of Moab. And now she returns to Bethlehem. And, and this is what she says. She says, you know, I went out full and I'm coming back empty. Her name was Naomi, which literally means favored by God. But she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Call me bitter. Because God has felt so bitterly with me. And her daughter-in-law just kept on honoring her. And honoring her. And uh, she ends up marrying, having a son who, by the way, is the grandfather to King David. It says, And he shall be to you a restorer of life, 
a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth. You know, she is credited because she honored her mother-in-law. Now, now somebody says that you don't know my mother-in-law. She, 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 she is problems. Now, I think it's really interesting that before there were such a thing as mother-in-laws or even parents, right? The Bible does tell you what to do with those in-laws. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, the first thing, what it tells you to do is leave. Somebody says, I'm claiming that one for my mother-in-law. Leave. Now, now, what it is not talking about physically leaving, but it's talking about emotionally leaving. Right? You, you need to be able, with your spouse, to sit down and pray and make decisions without fear of repercussions from your parents or your in-laws. Without fear of repercussions. Well, we did this. Well, why did you do that? You're just neglecting me. No. You need to seek God, and you need to make that decision, right, without fear. Now, if you fear it's not their problem, it's your problem. You need to cut those apron strings. And you need to say, we're going to do this because this is what we believe God wants us to do. And you can tell them that. But you do it in love and humility, right, not in rebellion and pride, but in love and humility. We need to love them unconditionally. Love your mother unconditionally. When she's young and when she's old. They, they, your mother gives you the best years of her life. And uh, so often when they're older and it seems like they don't have anything to give, they're no longer honored. We should honor them, right, by hugging them affectionately. You know, if you're near and you can, see them, honor them, love them, hug them. In fact, uh, you, you know, there's a, there's a uh, uh, what do you call it, bumper sticker that people put on their car that says, have you hugged your kids today? I, I think we should get one, put it in the resource center that says, have you hugged your mother today? Right? Because I think the kids get a lot more attention than the mothers. Right? And it, it's, it's the commandment to honor your father, and your mother. Show them affection. Hug them while you can. Uh, my mother went to be with the Lord a few years ago. I wish she was around today. Right? Hug them while you can. Because the day will come, you won't be able to. Tell her you love her. And be affectionate. In Proverbs 31, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. And her husband also and praises her. And says, many daughters have done well, but you have done better than them all. Now, it says the children do it, but I, I can tell you why the children do it. The children do it because the husband is doing it. And they're copying the husband. Uh, I remember as our, as our kids were growing up, watching them copy what I would do when it came to their mother. Right? And we need, men, you need to set the example by honoring your wife and honoring your mother, right? Uh, I, I, I remember one time, one time, I said something disrespectful to my mother, right? And my dad was there. 
That was the last time. <laughs> Trust me, that was the last time. And he said to me, he said, don't you ever speak to your mother, who is my wife, that way again, or you won't be seeing out of the other eye either. <laughs> I mean, a little hyperbole there, but I, I mean, it was like, here we are, all right? You do, not, you do not talk to your mother disrespectfully. Understand them and sympathize with your mother. You know, they go through all sorts of changes, physically, but they're, they're single, they get married, they have kids. As those kids are growing, you relate to them differently, and finally, you're in that, they're in that empty nest stage. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you, you know, they cook for you, they clean, they counsel, they teach, they judge, they make peace, they referee, they're a sounding board, right? And they're the one that always believes in you. They always believe in you. Uh, just yesterday, I was, I was in uh, my study, and uh, you wouldn't want to see it because it's pretty messy, right? And, and, and I was kind of looking at some of the papers on, on the, the desk there in, in the library, and, and, and I just grabbed one because I was going to be speaking next month to a bunch of pastors, and I had put a note on it for pastors. But, but I thought, wow, what a great thought for today. Listen, when Thomas Edison was young, he returned home from school one day. His mother noticed he had a piece of paper in his hand. He told her it was a note from his teacher, and she was the only one who was supposed to read it. When she did, she grew tearful. When the boy asked what it says, his mother replied, Son, you're a genius. This school is too small for him, it says. And we don't have enough good teachers to train him. Please train him yourself. From then on, Thomas Edison's mother removed him from school and he was self-taught. She allowed him the curiosity to pursue what interested him and to devour it. Years later, after his mother died, Edison was rummaging through her belongings and came across the note from his teacher. When he read it, he was stunned. It read, your son is Adelaide. He's mentally ill. We, we won't let him come to school anymore. We don't have teachers who can handle him. You'll have to teach him yourself. Edison wept and wept for hours. Since that time, his, he has given his mother credit for cultivating his genius as an inventor. She saw something others didn't see in her boy. What she read and what the note said ultimately led to the same result. Thomas Edison had to learn at home, right? And he became great because somebody believed in him. Your mother always believes in you. Your mother always keeps on praying for you. Whether you're four, 44, or 64, if your mother's alive, your mother is praying for you, right? We should be forever grateful. Not forget them when all that they've done is now past and there's little that they have to give. We need to understand that we need to see ourselves in their shoes and listen to her with an open heart. In Proverbs 1, it talks about receiving the instruction of your mother. Don't forsake the law of your mother. 
for there will be an ornament of grace on your head and a chain about your neck. I think it's interesting, King Solomon, wisest man that ever lived, greatest achiever of his generation, richest man alive when he was alive. It said when his mother came to see him, it says he arose, he was sitting on his throne, he got up, went down, took her hand, had a throne put right next to his. He said, Mama, sit down. Whatever you want, I'll do it for you. Whatever you want. I will not, I will not deny you anything. You know, Solomon wrote the Proverbs, and most of them in his own name, but he also had a pen name, King Lemniel. And he wrote in Proverbs 31. He says, by the way, he's not the only one who did so. Ben, Benjamin Franklin wrote a number of letters as Miss Silence do good. Samuel Clemens, when he wrote, used the name Mark Twain. Well, Solomon, in some of his writings, used a different name. He says, the utterance which his mother taught him, which his mother taught him. You know, the, the, the instruction that we receive, we just take for granted. We forget all about it. And, and how many of you know, when you're hurting, you know who you want? You want mama. The Bible in, in 2 Kings talks about a boy. He's out working in the field with his, with his father. He's probably between 8 and 10 years old. And he goes to his dad. He says, man, my head hurts. You know the first thing dad says? Take him to his mother. Take him to his mother. Got to his mother. She took and put him on her knee and just begins to rock him. Uh, I don't know why it is, but mothers have the gift of mercy. Right? And they're concerned with those small things. You know, mothers, they, they help cheerfully. And we should do the same thing. How right? I many they were they 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 were around to change your diapers, right? And and now you think that it's a big deal, it's a bother, when they ask for help in some small thing, right? We should cheerfully, cheerfully do whatever we possibly can. Now I, I heard this story about a pastor's wife, and uh, her name Darlene Bishop. And she was going to be speaking at her church that morning. And she had two little girls. One was five and one was two. And she would dress them up in, in, in pageant dresses every week. She would just dress them to the T. Right? And, and she dressed her two little girls and she got herself ready. And they're on their way to church. And, and, and the one that's just about two, they're just about to church. And she says, Mommy, Mommy, you forgot to put on my panties. Now, I don't know, she, your mama's thinking, this, 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 kid, this kid is on adrenaline 24-7. This kid is doing somersaults. This kid is all over the place. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know? And so she says to the older daughter, who's five, she says, take off your panties and give them to your sister. <laughs> and the older one's like, no, mama, no, mama, no, no, don't date me, do that. Do it, do it. She said that five-year-old sat there in church like that and never moved. Now look, mamas have the wisdom to know what to do. A man would not have a clue. I'm telling you, I wouldn't have had a clue what to do. I'd have just blown it. I'd have just panic mode. Right? Mamas, they hand, I'm a, mamas handle stuff nobody else can handle. They just do. Right? They do everything for everybody, and they do it cheerfully. Right? So remember them gratefully. Right? Whether it's a visit, a call, an email, but communicate. You know, take her to the store. Take her out for coffee. All right? Do whatever you possibly can. They're important. 
They're important to you. They're important to God. And let them know it. Let them feel it. All right? Remember how much you need them. They're, 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 here's the thing. Very often, this is what the devil tells parents as they get older. You know, your life's over. And you are just a burden. You have no purpose. You're just an inconvenience. You know? But even when they can't, they, they can get older, they can't do a lot of the things that they used to do. But let me just say something. When they can't do anything else, they can and they will pray. Right? And I think that the older we get, the more we need them. Now, you can check this out because you're going to think this isn't true. This is a true story. In 1820, Peter Richley leaves England on his way to Australia in a boat. The boat gets in a storm, and the boat sinks, and Peter Richley is the sole survivor who gets picked up by a boat that's passing by. That boat also has trouble and sinks, and Peter Richley gets picked up by a third boat, which on its way to Australia also has trouble and sinks. And Peter Richley gets picked up by a fourth boat, which also sinks. <laughs> if I'd have been anybody coming bass, I'd have just left that guy in the water, you know? <laughs> but he gets picked up by a fifth boat, which also has difficulties and sinks. And he is picked up by the sixth boat which is this, the boat's name is the city of Leeds, L-E-E-D-S. Right? He gets on the boat and he's examined by the physician who gives him a clean bill of health. And the physician and the captain approach him and say to him, he said, uh, we're, we're, we're getting close to Australia now. He said, but we have a request of you. He says, well, anything because you, you saved my life. He said, we have an elderly woman who is a passenger on this boat. And she has befriended herself to the entire crew. And she, she would recognize any crew member. But she is on her way to Australia to see her son, who he, she has not seen in 10 years. And she, she's going to be reconciled to her son. And she just keeps praying, God, let me just see my son one more time. Now, because she would recognize any crew member, would you please just go down and pretend to be her son? She has a, a fever. She's in and out of consciousness. We don't even think she's going to live to make it to Australia. But if you just go down and pretend to be her son, he said, we just greatly appreciate it. Again, he said, well, you saved my life. I'll do anything. So he goes down. They go into this small room, and sure enough, there's a frail elderly woman, gray hair, and she is saying as he walks in the room, oh God, just let me see my son one more time. And when Peter Richley saw her, he just begins to weep because it is his mother, Sarah Richley, from whom he has been estranged for 10 years. And she is on her way to find him in Australia. Listen, Five boats sinking didn't have the ability 
to take him down because he had a mother that was praying. There's some of you, you, you should be dead, but there's a mother that's praying. You were bound by addiction, you were broken, you were in bondage, but there's a mother that's praying. There's a mother that's praying, and when your parents can do nothing else, they can pray, and they will pray. In fact, I'd like you to just bow your heads right now. I'm not finished, but I'd like you to just bow your heads. And I just want to pray for mothers right now. And Father, I pray for each and every mother that's here. And I ask, Father, that you bless them. Bless them and bless their relationships. And Father, I pray for every, every woman that's here that their hope is to be a mother. But for some reason, they haven't had any children. And we pray, Father, that you would heal, that you would restore, and that you would give them children. And Father, we agree with every mother who has a prodigal son. And Father, we pray that that child will come back home, home in relationship with their mother, and come home in relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Then 2 Timothy 5 and verse 1. Paul wrote and he said, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that's in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. You know, the greatest gift that you can ever give is not a trust fund or an inheritance, but the greatest gift that you can ever give is your faith in God. The greatest give, gift that you can give is not a weekend at the lake or a good time somewhere. The greatest gift you can give is your faith. And he said, your faith, Timothy, that you have, it was first in your grandmother, Lois. And it was in your mother, Eunice. And that faith has been passed on to you. Now, again, every head bowed, and every eye closed. If you're not right with God today, there's probably a mother that's praying for you, praying for you to get right. And you may have never thought of this, but there is actually something that is better than going to heaven. And that's going to heaven and taking your family with you. I want to ask you something. Have you received Jesus or do you just know about him? Because so often we know about God, we know about Jesus, but that knowledge has not changed our life. So the Bible says to as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to be the children of God. It's not enough to just know about him. We need to receive him as our Lord, as our Savior. And if you're saying, I need to get right with God today, I'm away from God, I've never received him, I know about him, would you bow your head and pray this prayer with me? And we're going to do what the Bible says, and we're going to receive Jesus. Just make these words your own. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins, and I believe that he rose again. And today, I give him all of my heart and all of my life. And I receive him as my Lord and Savior. 
I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven. My past is gone. I'm a part of your kingdom today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer from your heart and you received him, God heard that prayer and you are forgiven and right with God, you're on your way to heaven. But you need to keep growing spiritually. And I wrote a small book that I want to send you. It is full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually. Now, you can download it absolutely free. And the information is right there on your screen. And if you need a hard copy, you let us know. We will send you a hard copy free of charge. And we'll thank you for being with us. We love you. We pray for you daily. God bless. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We're so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. You can find today's message available for free on our app where you can watch it right there or download it and save it for later. You can also follow along with Pastor's scriptures and share images on your social media. Or you can find today's program and others at walkingbyfaith.tv. Just click on Watch Latest Program. And as always, you can purchase a copy in the WBF store. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to help change the lives of others through Walking by Faith, please visit walkingbyfaith.tv give for more information on becoming a partner with us. If you need someone to pray with or God is just doing amazing things in your life, we want to hear about it. You can contact us by phone, email, through our app, or on Facebook or Instagram. Next week, we'll be back in with a journey of the follower. Have a great week.